bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. And welcome to another episode of the Memphis AAF podcast. My name is Daniel. Happy to be here. And as always, I am joined by Michelle. What up, people? And we have a really good episode for you today. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was so much fun. This interview was done with Jacob Widershine. Did I get that right? Widershine. Great. Still fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob, we are sorry once again, because I probably fucked it up, too. (laughs) It's probably something completely different. But anyway, can't wait for you guys to listen. But what are we talking about first? There's actually been quite a bit of news that's been percolating in the... Not a lot, but just Percolating? Yeah. Is that not... Yeah, no, I'm familiar think, with. I think <laughs> I'm familiar with the word, but for some reason, that song is in like a '90s R&B song. We do, uh, uh, that song does not exist. There's not a percolating podcast song out there. No, there's there's a song with percolating. Let's get it percolating. Ah, Mary J. Blige. That's what it is. <laughs> so I always assim- assimilate that word with R&B. Anyway, back to what you're saying. So the big thing, which we'll, we're going to cover more in depth next week is that the AAF will be playing the championship game in Las Vegas. Ooh, a party in Vegas. I'm all about it. There's conflicting viewpoints on it. So we really want to like do it justice and go in depth in it. And this episode is not the place for it just because the interview with Jacob is so dense. There's so much there and it was so much fun and it is quite long and we don't want to make this any longer than it needs to be. Yeah, and that was really the highlight of what we wanted to bring you guys this week. So we're going to do some research on this championship being in Vegas, and we're going to bring it to you next week. Yeah, so be sure to tune in for that. The first item that we're going to talk about in the news today, maybe we should get like uh, uh, an intro for the news. Another jingle? Yeah. Let me see what I can come up with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny Menzel... As I know, Michelle, you are a huge fan you of. You guys, I just rolled my eyes so hard when he said Johnny Manziel. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So there has been a lot of speculation from AAF fans wondering if he would make the transition to the Alliance of American Football. No! <laughs> well, you get your wish. <gasps> really? Really? He's not? He has said that he's going to honor his contract and he's going to play the final year with the Montreal Montreal Alouettes. Which is, I guess, the CFL? Yes. So he's going to play in the CFL and he's not coming to the AAF. At least one more year. You guys, this is the best news because Johnny Manziel sucks. He would well. I mean, not to make fun of like his personal problems, but it just seems like he, at least when he was in the NFL, he just did not have his shit together, and he was just another one of those stories of a college quarterback that couldn't make the transition to success in the NFL. So I just think that. His talent in the NFL systems was overrated. And just like we talked about in the interview with Isaac, there are these guys out there that have all the physical attributes, but they don't have the dedication and the commitment to go along with that. And they just don't make it. It seemed like the success and the money got to him when he got to the NFL and he just kind of crashed and burned. And people were trying to convince me that he was a good quarterback and a good player, but all I could see was his lack of success and, again, his personal failings. So I'm yeah. just not on the Johnny Manziel train. But I haven't heard much about him, so I feel like he's kind of gotten his life back in order. And he's really, I don't know, it, it seems like he's making an effort. But 
that's not really translating into success since he is 0-5 as a starter and has thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions while in the CFL. So, like, the quality of play isn't even there. Well, and like we've said countless times on this podcast, there's so much talent out there. There's no need to return to a quarterback that didn't do well and isn't doing well in the CFL. There's no need to bring him to the AAF. Yeah. Other than the fact that he has a name, but who cares? Yeah, there's plenty of names right now, the AAF. But like, if I don't know. The AAF has shown that they're willing to give players and coaches second chances. So I don't see it outside the realm of possibility. But at again, you know, the production isn't there. But we have to make sure that these second that these players deserve that second chance. And I just don't think that Manziel does. Yeah. Okay. And then the last bit of news that we're going to cover today is that the Memphis Express has an official home. They moved into an office uh, downtown. I was like, wait, the Memphis Express has a home in Memphis. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Memphis, sure. But now they actually have an office. So they're no longer working at a Cochet's living room or <laughs> coffee shops around town. <laughs> yeah. And um, as you guys hear in the interview, we were invited to go. So I might check out the offices sometime soon. Yeah. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram because whenever we go, we'll probably be sharing pictures or taking videos and meeting the uh, the staff. Of Memphis Express. Yeah. Well, let's not delay any longer. This interview, like we said before, was so much fucking fun. Um, Jacob was able to share a lot of information, a lot of good stuff about seating and the experience of being at games and what they want to bring to the whole experience (laughs) to be redundant. And a little spoiler alert. We had the first ever appearance of Memphis Express team president, Koshe Irby, on the show, and he showed up just to call out Michelle. So be sure to uh, listen out for that. Yeah, it was kind of embarrassing, but it was so much fun that like I can't even deny it. Like It was awesome. So like I said, not going to delay anymore. Let's get into it. Hello, this is Jacob Wittershein, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Operations with the Memphis Express of the Alliance of American Football. I'm so excited today to be joining Daniel Abendroth and Michelle Abendroth, the greatest podcasters probably in the whole country, if not the world. How are you doing, guys? Oh, we're awesome. (laughs) Can you come on every episode and introduce us? That would be awesome. (laughs) Just make that at the beginning of the podcast. There we go. go. We have our new intro. (laughs) And now we know how to say your last name. Yes, you answered our first question, so that really helps. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's very unique. Um, My parents did me a lot of favors and forced me to have to spell it for the rest of my life. And I thank them for that on a regular basis. (laughs) I totally feel your pain because like my last name is daunting when you look at it, but it's really pretty self-explanatory. But people see that name, they're like, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, it's, it's daunting. But anyway, so that's enough about us. Tell us about you, how you got to Memphis, what your story is and kind of what got you to the Alliance. Sure. So this is my second time in Memphis, actually. I've been working in sports for about 12 years now, from minor league basketball to the NBA to college athletics, where I worked with the Memphis Tigers for two years, which was my first time in the city, and then uh, Major League Baseball for a few years. And then once I had the opportunity a couple of months ago to join the Alliance and hop on the Express, although I did not know it was the Express at the time, it was a no-brainer, right? It's such an exciting thing to be a part of. I'm really fascinated and enthusiastic about the things that we're going to be able to do both as a league and as a team. And so I you know, picked my family up 
and moved about 500 miles from Cincinnati to Memphis. And, you know, at the drop of the hat to come join Cochet and, and be a part of what we're going to be able to do here in the city. And, and in no small part, because I fell in love with the city the first time I lived here. It's kind of a hidden gem that a lot of people don't know about and such a, a fascinating and entertaining and enjoyable place that to come back here was a really an easy decision for me. Yeah, we're often called like the biggest small town in America, something like that. But it really does feel that way. And I think that's really cool with, with what the Alliance is doing and that they hire these account executives and, you know, Cochet the same way. And then like they get to choose where they go. So all the people that are working for the Memphis Express, like they wanted, they chose to come to Memphis. So I, it really kind of gives a little more passion to what they're doing. 100% correct. The one thing that I would say is I haven't met somebody yet, at least in my field, who has had the opportunity to come and work in Memphis who hasn't fallen in love with it. Um, when I was a re- when I got the initial call about the alliance, it was from a friend of mine who works for the league in the league office. And essentially, his message track to me was, you know, pick your city and I'll, I'll put you in touch with the team president and have you interview with him because ultimately the president makes the decision. And it was a no-brainer. I mean, they hadn't officially hired any of the VPs yet. But I said, hey, listen, I would love to go back to Memphis. Obviously, it's contingent on learning more about who my boss would be in the situation there and everything like that. But that would, you know, number one draft pick. So uh, I think later that day, I had my first conversation with Koshe Irby, our team president. And over the course of the next 10 days, probably had about 30 phone conversations with him uh, and then got the offer and accepted it. And, you know, since then, a big part of my job has been recruiting people to join our full-time staff. We have primarily recruited people um, outside of Memphis, which is more just the way it's worked out. It wasn't necessarily a strategy or anything like that. And everybody that we've offered the position to has accepted, has been excited about coming to Memphis. And as they've got here, they've just fallen in love with it. And really a big part of our job, too, is to kind of showcase the city to these um, new people, not that I'm not new also, because I've been here only slightly longer than them, to show all the really unique and hidden gems, uh, hidden things that the city has to offer. Yeah, I can imagine talking to Cochet that it'd be hard not to be excited to come to Memphis because that is one unique guy in a good way. Absolutely. I, I mentioned we had about 30 phone calls over the course of 10 days. That rate has not slowed down. I would say if anything has <laughs> increased. We probably talk about 50 times over the course of 10 days now, and you would think we'd be sick of each other by now, but uh, maybe not until we get through the first season, hopefully, you know, championship season, but we'll see. And then we'll, you know, we'll start it all over again. Yeah, his passion is completely contagious. It'll make anyone excited to be a fan of the Alliance and the Express in particular. Absolutely. You know, he has a very competitive nature that goes into the rest of our office. You know, he told me a story when I was interviewing, you know, if he if he gets a bottle of water and you happen to get a bottle of water at the same time, he's going to make sure he finishes his bottle of water before you do, like ask me first, you know. And <laughs> it's obviously early, but it's been a great experience so far. He really has a big picture vision of what we're going to do in this community and the things that we need to do in order to be impactful and sustainable. Uh, and you know, I'd like to say maybe I'm a little bit more than just along for the ride, but sometimes I am just along for the ride because he's got a lot of those things figured out already and we just then have to go figure out how to do it. So it's been really enjoyable. Uh, and you're right. His passion is infectious a hundred percent. 
So we know that Cochet was a major impact in bringing you to Memphis and the fact that you had been here before. But what was the deciding factor in joining a new startup league as opposed to staying with a sport that has longevity and a legacy already built in? Well, at the risk of selling ads for you guys, I should first say that Gus's fried chicken was like a top two factor in me coming to Memphis. <laughs> um, nice. which I still remember fondly from my first time living here. Uh, but the decision was a much easier one than you would think. I was really excited and still am really excited about the opportunity to do something brand new. Every time we do something, it's the first time we've ever done it. We never have a conversation about like, oh, this is how we've always done it or this is what people are used to. We just get to do the thing that we think is the best at that time, which is a really enjoyable um, work atmosphere. It's really fun and unique to be in a situation where you have such an impact that you're starting something brand new from scratch, not just a team, but a league. And, and, and that was an experience that I was really excited about. As far as you know, concerns about the sustainability of the league or anything like that, those were put to rest pretty quickly. You know, as I talked to Cochet and, and some of the other people on the league level, really there's three reasons why um, spring football leagues have not really succeeded in the past. And those three reasons are, number one, quality of football. Number two, attempting to compete with the NFL. And number three, funding. And I feel like we have a pretty good answer uh, or a really good answer for all three of those things. And so that's why I pretty quickly gained confidence in what this experience would be like and the long-term sustainability that would lead me to moving, like I said, 500 miles and coming and being a part of this to know that, you know, sure, there's a lot of work to do. And, and believe me, we're doing our best to do it. Uh, but the, the payoff is there. And at the end of this, whenever that may be, I firmly believe this will be the most rewarding experience personally. I, I hear a lot of stories about like life as a startup, just like in you know business in general. And it's always a lot more fun, but a lot more work and a lot more stress. But just like being on the front lines of something is a unique experience. Absolutely. It's just, you can't compete with being there from day one. I actually, I just had a new employee start today and he, uh, he moved down here from New York for this position. And I was walking him around and introducing him to all the people in our office. And I think we're up to 18 full-time staffers now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so I'm introducing him to everyone and I'm like, well, hey, when I started like numbers two, three, and four, all started on that same day. <laughs> so it's just crazy to see how much it's grown. You know, we when I started, uh, we were working out of coffee shops and now we're in an office. And, and of course, I say when we started, like, I sound like my parents, like, oh, you know, walked uphill both ways and 40 feet of snow. <laughs> but I'm talking about six weeks ago, you know, like, so just even seeing the growth in that short period of time has really been amazing and interesting. And I can only imagine what we're going to be able to accomplish in the next few months in the lead up to the first game on February 16th at the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, it was funny because I went out to lunch with a friend last week um, somewhere downtown, and I saw one of the staffers, Dan, who I met uh, last week at the Liberty Bowl, and he was there with someone else. He was like, oh, this is a coworker of mine, and I had never met the guy, and I felt like I had no, I knew a lot of the staffers, so it was crazy to me to even see someone new that I hadn't met before, so that was interesting, and it's cool to see, like you said, the team just grow and and this thing really take off. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an important part of it is like we have such a lofty vision for what we want to accomplish, both for the Alliance of American Football and the game of football, but also for the city of Memphis, that it's important to have the resources in place. And, and part of that is, is people and, and staffing. And so 
we've worked really hard to staff up and get really good people who not only are good at their jobs, but are, like I said, good people too, and good citizens and want to make an impact on the community. Those things are really important to us and, and they should be to anyone. And so, you know, you guys hopped on so early, which we appreciate that, you know, you were doing your podcast before I had even thought about talking about this type of job. So you really have been there since day one and are just as much a part of it as anybody. But as a result, you're right. You do feel like you've met every single person and that just, it just isn't necessarily the case anymore. So that just means we need to have a big party. Just meet everyone. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. Come check out the office or, uh, or we can do something. I, we'll definitely be having some events here in the next few months of the off season that we'll want you guys at. So we'll have plenty of opportunity. You'll be sick of me soon. <laughs> So you mentioned having lofty goals. I can only imagine what that would entail. What would success look like for the first season? And then like, how would that compare to what you think success looks like in years two and three? The overarching answer is the same thing I told you the first night I met you, which is success for us is that we support the city of Memphis and the city of Memphis supports us. But to, to get a little bit more detailed than that, success for us in year one from an attendance standpoint would be between 20,000 and 30,000 people per game on average. And really to see that grow in year two, to show that number one, there's interest and support. And number two, as we're giving people that initial experience, they're enjoying it enough to want to come back and do it again. So one of the things we talk about a lot is we've got to make sure people come check us out the first time because we have a lot of confidence in ourselves that once they get there the first time, we're going to show them why we're worth it for them to come back. You guys have seen our prices. And so really you can see that we're affordable and family friendly. Our biggest competition is not for people to make the financial decision, although that's certainly part of it. Our biggest competition is for people to make the decision to spend their time with us. So that's part of why we want to do things a little bit unique and different to drive interest. That's also why we do things like, you know, cut down 60% of TV timeouts in order to have a, at, that, at longest a two and a half hour game so that people really can feel like it's a smart investment with their time that they're really going to get a lot out of and enjoy no matter what they're looking for out of that experience. From a ticketing and fan support goal, and that speaks to that. Obviously, we have other goals with regards to corporate support and engagement with our app and, you know, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. And you definitely can't get that corporate support or anything without satisfying your fans because that's really what it comes down to. You're 100% correct. Fan support for us is one of the most critical things that we can have. It's really important that it will help us drive in other areas, including corporate support. Really, one of my favorite things about being here is the way that businesses and corporations are all about supporting the city of Memphis. I remember that from my first time uh, being here from 2011 to 2013. And, you know, it really is all about local Memphians, both right here in the city and also regionally. Um, finding something that they can identify with and be a part of that makes a lasting impact on the community. And if we can satisfy that and do that successfully, then all the other goals will come with it. I'm 100% certain of that. What kind of experience do you have with selling tickets and how are you looking to change it up when it comes to the Alliance? I actually started uh, my career in ticket sales in the NBA with the Miami Heat. And at the time we had Dwayne Wade, and our second best player was probably Jermaine O'Neal, who, if you haven't heard of him, I will not take offense to that. It was the year before they signed LeBron James and Chris Bosh. 
And so um, it was a really interesting experience to work in such a competitive market like Miami that has not just all the different sports teams, but all the different entertainment options and ways for people to spend their time that I learned a lot about how to reposition what we had so that people could find value in it beyond just coming to a basketball game. Because coming to a basketball game is fun and awesome, or in our case, a football game. But what we've really found, especially with today's um, entertainment seeker, is that you have to offer them more than that. There's got to be a reason specifically for them. And so I would say that's a skill that I've continuously improved on as I worked throughout my career. And it's something that is a massively important part of what we're going to do here. My most recent job, just to kind of belabor that point a little bit, my most recent job was with Cincinnati Reds. And during the time I was there, we finished last place in the division each year. So the on-field product wasn't necessarily there, but the Reds do such a great job of being a part of the community and doing things to support all the different causes there and all the different people and students and things like that to really make the community of Cincinnati proud. And in addition to that, um, putting their own money into the stadium every year to drive new and unique seating options, that it was really a great learning experience for me to learn about um, how to make sure that people really have a reason to be proud of a team, no matter what's going on, um, and be proud of, of their community engagement with that team. And so that's a really an important part of what we're going to be doing here in Memphis. We have created um, new and unique areas for seating opportunities in the Liberty Bowl. We absolutely want to be out and be a part of the community and also help support the community uh, in a lot of ways that, unfortunately, I'm probably not ready to talk about yet, but it's a major, major part of our plans. And I would say all of my experience in the past has led to being able to take on this challenge in order to make sure that we can accomplish the vision that we have. Yeah, definitely. Just like listening to you say that, it seems like Memphis is an ideal destination for the Alliance of American Football, just in that there's already such a local push, you know, you know, we have the hashtag shoes 901 and like people are really looking to support local businesses and just be a part of Memphis and Memphis pride has grown exponentially in the past few years. So just that kind of strategy is perfect for the city. And not only that, we already have a minor league baseball team that has great local support. So Memphis has experienced and knows the love of a minor league. Not that Alliance is, you know, a minor league, but it kind of is. And there's already support for that in another way in this same city. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would say I would call us more of a complementary league than a minor league, but I understand what you're getting at. And I would say that it's more than just a strategy, right? I've mentioned several times now how I fell in love with the city the first time I was here. It's because of that civic pride it's because of all the things that you're talking about. Memphis is so unique. I feel qualified to say that as somebody who's lived in seven different states. And Memphis is so unique in the way that people are proud of this city and want to see this city do well. But it's also a, a prove-it-to-me city. And so we have to really do our due diligence to show people that we're the real deal and that we can offer people an experience like no other and something that's worth their time and worth their investment and, and worth their attention in order for this to be sustainable long-term. So I would say Memphis is absolutely an ideal market for the Alliance and also for myself personally, um, just because of all of those factors. And not to mention, you do have experience selling a sports team in Memphis to the, to the city. Absolutely. I, I love the Memphis Tigers. That's who I worked for the first time. My first year was uh, Coach Larry Porter's last year. 
that was a really an interesting dynamic because you had a fan base that really, really, really wanted to support the team, but just didn't feel like like they were like their needs were being met necessarily. And so my second year was uh, Coach Fuente's first year, and the way that the fan support came out initially, just from the sheer fact of of the new hire, and also that was the same year Tom Bowen came on as the athletic director. It really showed me the way this city is ready to support a program or even just beyond sports, support a cause that they feel is worth their time and attention. And the fact that a lot of these guys are local with the allocation process really helps that, I think. Absolutely. You know, that's no, there's no mistake there. We're excited to see the way that um, Memphis fans can come out and support Memphis Tiger players now on our team. The same is true for Tennessee fans and Ole Miss and Arkansas and LSU and you know you guys know who's in our allocation pool, so I don't have to read it to you. <laughs> but um, really showing that regionally uh, there can be a lot of support here, and again that res- that support has to be reciprocal. So you talked about making sure that for Memphians that the experience of going to a game is something that they can afford. I mean that's so important, obviously, to getting people to the games in general. And the Alliance has done a really good job at putting these tickets at price points that are great, I think. But my question for you is, what do you think or which seating option has the best value? If someone has, you know, X amount of dollars, which which seating option would you recommend off the bat? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of politics here and give you two answers. For me personally, if it's within somebody's price range, I can't imagine a better seating option than first class. You're right there on the field. There's nothing better than that experience of being there um, where all the action is happening. It comes with all of the the food and beverages and everything like that from an all-inclusive experience standpoint, as well as parking. And then even you get a commemorative chair that you get to take home at the end of the season. So really, you can just leave your wallet at home. For $850 for the full season, you get all of those things. So for me, that's my favorite option. But I understand that we have people from all different financial backgrounds. My second favorite is probably got to be the one that you guys talk about the most, which is the hub. I'm so excited to see the things that we're going to be able to do there. Um, so the hub, for anyone listening that is unfamiliar, uh, somehow, the hub is going to be <laughs> the hub is going to be the destination for our most raucous fans. They're going to be able to come out and have a great time and enjoy themselves. We want to be able to offer a unique experience in the hub that is different each game and driven by the fans that are there. So it's $150. It's general admission. So you can come in, pick the seat that works best for you based on that game. Reality is, if you're in the hub, you might not be sitting in it anyway. You're probably going to be standing up, cheering, and enjoying yourself. And it comes with uh, five drink coupons, so one per game. And it's just going to be a really interesting and, and exciting atmosphere the way that I've seen similar type of seating options work for other organizations in the past, the hub is going to drive the game experience or help drive the game experience for all the rest of the fans that are there to really make sure that we've got the best home field advantage in the whole lot. Yeah, definitely. And we mentioned it on a past episode, I think, where we went to a soccer game in Portland and we were sitting next to like the essentially the hub for them. And it's, you know, behind the goal where for us, it's going to be behind the end zone. So it's where people's attention is going to be half the time. 
And it can really drive that passion, the excitement, and get this whole stadium going for the home team. Yeah, because Dan and I are obviously not from Portland. It was just a vacation for us. So we don't have any stake in that game at all. But being there and being close to that, just being close to that fan section is what made it probably the best experience of the whole trip for me. Absolutely. And, you know, I've got to share that. uh, So our our team name, our logo, our brand, the Express, uh, as Michelle can tell you, is all about innovation. And uh, logistics and, and being swift and based on, you know, all the momentum that City Memphis has and the innovation that it was based on. And so for us, when we think about the hub as a destination, we think about all those successful support sections like you're describing, how to make that a little bit different, put our spin on it to make it maybe, you know, 1% better or cooler or more enjoyable or more newsworthy. And again, we've got to really rely on the fans that are going to be sitting in that area to help drive for us what should that look like. But we want to make sure it's a unique experience each game that becomes a destination for people that enjoy that type of atmosphere. I've got a question, and I don't know if you can share this or not. Do you have any information you can share on like where the most seats have been sold so far? So I I can't share exactly where, but what I can tell you is there's been a pretty healthy mix. We've been really excited to see that the areas that we have created unique and new and different have been the most popular areas so far. So everything from first class to the express loge seating um, to the priority sideline seating, which is where the chairbacks are midfield with some of the amenities that we've added to that. That's some of our more premium seating. But then in addition, things like the hub and the family section, which you don't necessarily find elsewhere, have also been really successful as well. What we found are the areas that are just from a seating standpoint, offering similar amenities to the other games when you would go to a Liberty Bowl, uh, go to the Liberty Bowl for any other game. Um, those are the ones that people are asking less questions about right now. So it's the ones with the experiences that seem to be what people are going for, which is really cool to see. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a big part of our business model and our vision to be able to reinvent the way that people experience football at the Liberty Bowl. I want to make sure I'm really, really clear on this. The Tigers do a phenomenal job. The Bull game does a phenomenal job. The Classic does a phenomenal job. But they're a university. They're a Bull game. They're a Classic. And we're none of those. And so they do a great job in their space. We have to be new and different in our own space and differentiate ourselves to offer a unique experience. So it's not about being better or worse than other tenants in the Liberty Bowl. It's about offering something that's unique to Memphis Express games. And allowing fans that maybe go to one or more of those options to really see the difference and experience something new each time. So for us, it's been really nice to see that the seating options that we've kind of created or put different amenities or benefits around are the ones that people are really excited about right now. And it challenges us to then continue to do those types of things. We've got some ideas in the works that aren't public yet because candidly, we don't know how feasible they are yet that could, again, be new and unique and different and and drive some uh, reasons for people to come and check it out that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have. In addition to that, our entire in-game experience has to be different. So even if you're in a seat with very similar amenities benefits to the seat that you would have for the other events at Liberty Bowl, we have to make sure your in-game experience is different. So a big part of what we're doing is trying to take that whole unique and differentiated experience and bring it to the in-game atmosphere. Sure, if people want to come and tailgate and do pregame things and stuff like that, or even postgame, I'm all for it. But for us, we really are focusing a lot of our energy on making it 
a unique and innovative uh, in-game event so that when people choose to spend their two and a half hours there, they're really getting a, a maximum experience for themselves. I love hearing you mention that you have these lofty goals and these ideas that you don't even know if they're possible because then what you actually come out with is going to be way more than you would have had you try to, you know, stay within the realm of possibility. So it just, it gets me really excited to anticipate what the experience is going to be like come February. A big part of our decision-making process, Daniel, is deciding what we can go public with. So uh, what I mean by that is we're not trying to be hidden or keep things in the shadows or anything like that. It's about what can we pull off? What's feasible? And so there are things that I'm really excited about right now where we're just not ready to talk about it yet because we're not 100% sure we can do them. You know, I'd love to say that everybody's going to be able to bring their, come to the game on a helicopter, but I don't think we can pull that off. <laughs> I can say that. But, All right, guys, you heard it. You get to come to the game on a helicopter. So, um, <laughs> But a great example is, is the hub is what we've been talking about. We have a vision for what we want the hub to be, but there's still a lot of details that need to be worked out. You know, I, you keep hearing me talk about how we want to offer a new and unique experience each game that's driven by the fans that are there. And that's true. But can I tell you today what that new and unique experience is going to be for each individual game? Nope, sure can't. We chose to put that out publicly because we were confident enough in that idea um, and our ability to do that, that we wanted to hold ourselves accountable to make sure to pull it off. And so we put it out. We love the support we've gotten in there already. The two of you, by the way, were the first people to commit to being in the hub. So thank you. Yeah. And now it's on us to say, okay, it's out there. We've said big picture. What's it going to be? Now we have the next few months to go and, and make sure that we can make that happen for the fans that we promised it to. So that's a situation where that one was a little bit further along and we were ready to talk about it, hold ourselves accountable. There's some others that, hey, I, I sure hope we can pull it off. But if we can't, we'll move on to something different that'll be probably even more creative or insane or noteworthy or, you know, whatever you want to say. People will definitely come to games and leave saying, well, I haven't seen that at a football game before. So I think that actually covers the questions that we have. Um, but we definitely have some questions from listeners we want to hit you with. Sure. This one is from Donna Franklin. She says, we have selected our seats. When and how will we receive our tickets? By the way, the selection process was great. All caps. Thank you, Donna, um, not just for hopping on the Express, but also for the compliment to the seat selection process. Tickets are going to be digital. They're going to live on your phone. And so as part of that, they will be loaded on much closer to the season. That said, if there's anyone that absolutely can't accommodate that, they can just call their account rep and we'd be happy to work with them to try to make sure. We don't want to exclude anybody just based on the fact that um, the digital ticket option doesn't work for them. And as far as the seat selection process, we really felt confident that we needed to give people choices. So there have been people that have wanted to select over the phone. There have been people that have chosen to come down to the Liberty Bowl uh, and see it in person. There have even been some people who just said to their account rep, listen, this is kind of basically what I'm looking for. Go ahead and pick the seats and you tell me you know, what they are. So whatever works for other people, that's what we want to do. And really that kind of speaks to our overall service mentality. We want to make it fan first and fan friendly. Awesome. Yeah. We went down to, obviously, we went down to the Liberty Bowl and got to see where the first class was going to be on the field. And we got to see the the suites that are climate controlled. And it really was a fun experience. So it's really awesome that you guys did that. Well, thank you very much. And we're actually still down there. So all this week, uh, I know we're coming to the end of the week now, but all this week we've had people down there. So as pre-sales have occurred and things like that, 
if people wanted to come see in person before they chose to select their seat, they're welcome to do that. And then today is Thursday. We're there 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We'll be there tomorrow as well. And then even after that, if somebody wants to come see a seat or see options of seats before they select, all they have to do is set up an appointment. We're going to make that happen. So our primary offices aren't in the Liberty Bowl. We're downtown. But the Liberty Bowl and their staff uh, are so phenomenal to work with. They're very, very accommodating. They're supportive and want to see this thing succeed just like we do. And so anytime during business hours that we want to take somebody down there to show them their seat or, or even give them a preview of the experience, we're able to do that. And they've been really accommodating and making that happen. That's awesome. Yeah. And the business hours are nine to four, correct? Correct. Yep. Perfect. And then I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but when you're listening to this episode, the sales to the general public have started. So you can buy your season tickets when you hear this. Yeah. And please do. So memphisexpress.com, memphis-express.com. Um, you can go there to to look at the options and select your seats and things like that. And we want this to be a, um, a long-term partnership between the team, the league and the city, but that only works if we have fan support. So uh, anybody that's even thinking about it, I hope they'll go on and check out some options or, or call us and ask for more information so that we can show you the opportunity for why this would be such a value, both for their money and for their time. Perfect. And will the seating chart be uh, displayed on the website? It will. Absolutely. So uh, it could be the same one that you've seen that lists out the prices and the benefits uh, and all the different seating options that will be on there. Awesome. Um, so the next question comes from Anthony Griffin. He asked, when and how much are individual game tickets? Great question, Anthony. So uh, we are completely understanding that not everyone can commit to a season ticket. Single game tickets uh, and group tickets will go on sale later this calendar year. And then the pricing will be released right around that time. So a season ticket is the best way to guarantee yourself the biggest discount. It's going to be around a 25% discount per game compared to individual game tickets. But those absolutely will be available uh, by the end of this calendar year. Awesome. And, you know, getting it early obviously gets you the benefit of being able to choose where you sit before everybody else does. For sure. And, you know, as you heard me mention earlier, some of the areas where we've created some new and unique dynamics are the areas that have been the most uh, popular. And so if that's something that is interesting to you, some of those areas could potentially fill up over the course of the next few weeks. And so I would recommend at least starting that that question or decision-making process now. And I know I said this in the last episode, I think it was, and again, Deanna and I will obviously be in the hub, but that club option, you guys, is oh my God. so sweet. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's the only fully climate controlled area that we're going to be selling season tickets in. For me personally, I'm really, really excited about bringing back starter jackets and I'll be wearing mine every game if it warrants it or whether <laughs> warrants it. But for people that maybe are not as cool or well-dressed as I am, uh, that's, a, that's a joke. I'm not hip at all. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to make this awkward yeah, yeah. not to call you out. No, yeah. I, I can call myself out. No problems there. But for anyway, people that are that do want that climate controlled experience, they can go to the stadium club. It's only $750 for the entire season. So that's for all five games. It comes with all your food and beverage on a rotating menu that'll change game to game. It comes with, uh, like I said, the climate control. And then for every two seats that you get up there, you also get a parking pass included in your ticket purchase. So you don't have to buy that on top as well. And then all of our on premium season ticket benefits as well. So exclusive events and 
commemorative gifts and, you know, things like that. It's really going to be a great value no matter where you choose to sit in our opinion. And that actually takes us to our next question quite well. Are you reading our list or something? Um, (laughs) Bridget Smith Ellis wants to know what kind of parking options there will be. The parking will run in a similar way to how they run for other Liberty Bowl events. So if you're familiar from other games uh, or events that you've been to there, that's not that different from parking. But the really cool thing about parking is if you purchase two or more premium season tickets, then your parking is included with your purchase. So no matter what, if you're a season ticket holder, you'll have the opportunity to purchase a season-long parking pass before the general public. But if you purchase one of those premium areas, you don't even have to purchase it. It just comes with your ticket purchase. What is considered a premium ticket? A premium ticket would be our first-class seating, which is on the field, our stadium club, which is the climate-controlled area that we've been discussing, uh, the express loge seating, which... Really, we haven't talked about yet, and we probably should spend a minute on just because it's so you know, new and different. And then the priority sideline seating that is the fixed chair back midfield seating that comes with the $50 concession credit. Any of those four comes with your parking as long as you buy at least two season tickets. Perfect. All right, so go into that other option that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, the express loge. So one of the unique things about the Liberty Bowl, one of my favorite things about the Liberty Bowl is there are these sections in the corners of the field that are down low. uh, And for most games, it's bleacher seating there. And they're actually a really, really good view of the field. The Liberty Bowl was built so well back when it was built. There aren't any bad sight lines, really, except if you have a truly obstructed seat. But there... Are there some giants sitting in front of you? Well, that's why I'll be down on the field. You don't have to worry about it. So with with the Express Loge, you have the entire field in front of you. If you sit midfield, one of the things that people sometimes, uh, I don't want to say complain, but they say it can be a little bit of a hassle is you have to turn your body as the play goes back and forth. But with the loge, the seating's all directly in front of you. And so you never really have to move. What we're doing there is we're adding kind of scaffolding so that there will be a table directly in front of you. So if you go get food or drinks or whatever it may be, you have a place to put that right in front of you. You're in the same commemorative chair that I mentioned for first class. So it's a premium folding chair with padding. It'll all be branded out for the express and the inaugural season. And you take that chair home at the end of the season. It comes with all your F&B. So it's all inclusive. Uh, That'll be uh, served by a server. And then it also comes with your parking as well. It's only $625 for the entire season. So it's a really kind of a unique and good value. And again, something that I don't believe it has ever been offered before at the Liberty Bowl, at least not that I've seen. So that's one that people have been excited about. And actually, um, the very first season ticket holders in the history of the Alliance of American Football, not just the Memphis Express, but the entire league, chose to sit there. They loved it. I'm actually going to shout out Dr. Victor Ho and his wife, Becky, because I know they listen to your podcast as well. uh, And they chose to sit there. Seriously, like, do you, are you in here with us? Because literally our next question is from Victor Ho. <laughs> he, he sent me a text earlier and he was like, hey, they're going to ask you this question. So oh. <laughs> I, heard that, uh, I heard there's a twist in this one. All right. Well, then let's have it. So will there be a special meet the team and autograph signing rally for season ticket holders? Yes, absolutely. Probably, probably multiple opportunities, but we are committed to doing a meet the team event specifically for our premium season ticket holders, potentially for all of our season ticket holders. All of our season ticket holders, though, will get access to unique and interesting events, potentially with the opportunity to, to get autographs as well. So 
a lot of that are, are things that are still in the works. Not all of them necessarily will wait until the season starts. We might do some stuff beforehand, but absolutely, that's a big part of our plans. And since Dan and I are season ticket holders, we'll also be there signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, you know, one of my biggest concerns about the games this year is the added security we're going to need for all the lines of people waiting to get their picture with you guys or their autograph. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully you can just tone that down a little bit or maybe sign initials instead of the full name so we can get through the line quicker. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> and you should probably find me at the beginning of the game because after the game, I might be a little belligerent. <laughs> that her signature will not be legible at all. At all. As long as you're not driving home. Oh, no, no. We got Lyft. And Uber all the way. <laughs> we know how to use those. <laughs> good. So we're looking at the seating map now. And let me ask you, where, what is this one green section that's in the middle of all this blue down in the, uh, was that midfield? Absolutely. Thank you. So for us, when the league was announced as the Alliance of American Football, one of the things that our founder, Charlie Ebersole, talked about was creating a $35 sideline seat. So we didn't want to price people out. Uh, we wanted people, whether it be with their family, their friends, their coworkers, whatever it may be, to be able to come to a game and enjoy a really good seat without having to really spend a lot like you know they would at potentially other sporting events in other facilities with other leagues. And so, you know, we took that to heart and we created $35 sideline seats that you can see on our map that are a little bit more elevated. But really, as part of that, we made the decision to also take one of the sections that's right down there by the field with the chair backs and make that that same price point um, so that people that chose to hop on the express early and really believe in us before they fully knew what we were um, could come on board and choose some of the best seats in the house uh, right there, midfield, um, with the chair back at that low price point. And so uh, I do think those are going to be probably that section anyway is going to be the first to go. Uh, but it was important for us to really do something to give that less expensive option um, to fans that, that jumped on early to really get a, uh, a really great seat. So let me just make sure I fully understand this. There is a section of dark blue seating areas that are $500 a ticket. And right in the midst of them, you're saying is a $175 section? Absolutely. That, that is what I'm saying. So it doesn't necessarily come with the same benefits as, as the priority sideline seating, which is the navy blue seats you're looking at, meaning it doesn't come with like the concessions credit or the parking. But yeah, if your thing is you want that down low view, you want that chair back, you want to be midfield. Yeah, there's a whole section of seats right there that are just $175. And again, we wanted to do that as a thank you to the fans that chose to jump on board early. That is insane. I can't, that's that's amazing. I love that. That's such a cool way to value all fan types and at all different levels. And it's also cool that you're making sure that you fill up that bottom spot because, you know, that's where stuff is going to be happening is at that level. Sure. So, you know, it's really important as I think about myself personally, uh, you know, growing up um, when I would get to go to a game uh, with one of my parents. You know, we didn't have all the money in the world, and it was not something we got to do all the time. And I really, really looked forward to it. And and it was always like a great experience, right? And so everybody has some version of that story, you know, their childhood sports experiences. And it's some of the most impactful memories, I think, that people get to make with their family as children. And so for us, we really wanted to create that opportunity for people to be able to sit in a really, really good seat at an affordable price point. Again, as I said earlier, there aren't many bad seats in the Liberty Bowl. The, the views and the sight lines are awesome with the way they designed it. But for those, especially for the people that decided to commit early and hop on the Express 
Uh, we wanted to do that as a, as a thank you for them. And so, you know, I, I hope that area fills out right away. And because that shows that people truly value uh, that decision that we made. And, and I hope they do see it that way. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't imagine that's not going to be filled up almost immediately. If you're listening and you want those really good seats, you better hurry because that's not going to last long. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, today is uh, today is the first day that season tickets are on sale. So um, not only are we thanking fans who hopped on early, we're thanking fans who listened to your new episode early, too, by making sure they know about it. Excellent. A little benefit for the listeners. Yeah. But if I hear you say hop on board the Express <laughs> one more time. Hey, we're all we're all aboard over here. Uh, not all of us. <laughs> we'll get you there again. As I've told you before, <laughs> when you get to see all the cool things we get to do with it, it'll make a lot more sense. I mean, come on, call it first class and things like that. Like there's a lot of really cool things we can do with the, with the name and the brand. And, uh, you know, it represents the city of Memphis, which was founded as a trading post based on the logistics of being on the Mississippi river. So there's a lot of things that that name represents. It's also new and unique. Like nobody, uh, no other sports team currently is called the express. And that was important for us to be able to be different in everything that we do. And I think you might actually be a little proud of me because in the Facebook group, there was a post about what we're going to call our fan group. And I came up with a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I came up with flight crew. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, good. Well, listen, let's do that. You, uh, it was your idea and, um, I hope you guys go with it. I don't, is there a voting process or how does that work? I don't know. We can come up with one. Sure. Yeah. If you guys like uh, flight crew, then that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Or if you have any other options, you know, hit us up on social media and we'll, we'll make a poll or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's your guys' decision. We don't uh, <laughs> business of telling fans what to call themselves. That's uh, that's your guys' call. And flight crew sounds like a good option, but I don't know what else is out there yet either. That's true. I'm really excited about this. And I know everybody who's listening, is probably dying to get their tickets right now. So where can they go to get their tickets? Go to memphisexpress.com. That's memphis-express.com. And they'll be able to follow the links from there in order to, to get their tickets. And again, thank you to both of you, not just for today, but also for everything that you've done um, to support the Express before it was called that, before I was even hired. One of the things I really love about our league is it's an opportunity for people. So uh, I think uh, on a recent episode, you were talking about how it can be kind of a second chance opportunity for players and coaches and things like that. It's an opportunity for people like on the staff to do something new and different. But it's also an opportunity for people like the two of you who wanted to start a podcast and do something and really be a part of it. And it's amazing the way that you guys have grown during that time and also the way or I'm excited about the way that we're going to be able to support each other moving forward in order to make it successful and fun for everybody. So thank you very much. Well, on that note, I'm going to have a hard time getting out of this room because my head's so big. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, so I do have a question. Um, I heard recently on an episode that Michelle has decided not to attend the first home game. And no, no, no. Wait a minute. Decided is a bit harsh. <laughs> are, you, are you going to come and join us? Did I get that wrong? No, you didn't get it wrong, but let's rephrase it, shall we? I have a work opportunity that is important to me that came along before the schedule was released. But yes, sadly, I will not be at the first home opener. Okay, well, hold on. I think Cochet's here and wants to say something. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> no. Of the team president in the history of your podcast is him booing you. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel shame. I am not proud of this. Oh, I don't like this. This is my own podcast. I'm getting booed by, by the president on my own podcast. How dare he? Boom! <laughs> <laughs>
Hit him up. Remember earlier when I said it was about uh, having fun and supporting the community at the same time? I think we nailed the having fun part before we remembered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've been wanting to have Crochet on, but I think he has waited because he wanted to call me out. Like, he didn't want to come on the show. He wanted to call me out first. Yeah, there's no better first appearance than, than that. Like, I've been thinking through in all of history, all the first appearances of anything on any or anyone on anything ever. I don't know that anything tops that. Yeah, I was called out, but that was awesome. <laughs> Worth it. But yeah, back to the original point. Michelle won't be able to attend the home opener. So Ooh. I'll actually have an extra ticket. Yeah. So, Daniel, who are you going to bring with you? I don't know. I, I kind of want to take a listener. Yeah, that would be awesome. Maybe we can come up with some sort of giveaway or something yeah. like that. So, obviously, get your own season tickets. But for those that maybe can't uh, attend every game or that's not possible to buy a season ticket, uh, we'll do some sort of giveaway and uh, you can join me in the hub. Yeah, that'd be cool if you guys maybe gave it away to someone that went to one of those meetups that you do. Because I've heard those are a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We actually just met up with someone on Friday. Um, that was kind of our first little get together. So we can't wait to have more of those. Those will be coming soon. Yeah, he said he's going to be back in town November 10th. And that'd be a perfect chance to have another meetup, get together, and uh, maybe we'll do a ticket giveaway that day. Ooh, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> and of course, we expect Jacob to show up and introduce himself to the fans. So I would love to. I'm actually out of town that weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I'll- it's not as powerful coming from you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I don't feel bad about going to see my great friend in Florida. Um, but I will, I'll tell you what I will do is I will get you guys, uh, some gear ahead of time. I'm not sure exactly what we have around the office, maybe some hats or t-shirts or something that you can give away to people that attend. Perfect. Yeah. So come out and get some free swag. Yeah. This will be fun. (laughs) Before we drag this on too much longer, Jacob, thanks again for coming on the show. This has been amazing. And I feel like everybody else, we cannot wait for February to come. Yeah. Thank you so much. Again, I, I already said it, but the two of you and what you've done for our fan base and being a part of this has really been a special thing that I think now the other seven cities and teams are trying to figure out how to replicate because of the initiative that you chose to take. So thank you very much. Honored to be able to be a part of it. And I'm excited to uh, continue to support you guys and, and have support from you as well. And hopefully next time I come on the, uh, next time I come on the podcast, it'll be to announce that we have something really new and cool to offer to the fans. That'll be awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Thank you. So that was Jacob. Like we said before the interview, we just had so much fun talking to Jacob, which honestly was a little surprising because he's the VP of ticket sales. Like before we sat down to interview him, I was asking Dan, like, what are we going to ask a guy that sells tickets? Like, I don't know what kind of information is out there, but it turned into a nearly hour long conversation about the team and what to expect. And again, I was called out. So it was just so much fun. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've noticed about who they've hired for the team is that they're all just like really good people and a lot of fun and excited about this opportunity. Yeah, and they're totally people that you just want to hang out with. Yeah, for sure. So tickets are on sale right now. If you're listening to this, you can go buy tickets at memphisexpress.com. That's memphis-express. Make sure you get that right. Or you just go to aaf.com and there's a button for tickets if that's easier for you. So we're going to go through all the options right now. So whenever you go to buy your tickets, you know exactly what you want. Yeah. And we've got the seating map pulled up 
here on our screens that we're looking at, but this is all in the show notes. So if you want to see what we're talking about, you can find it there as well. Yeah. And the seating map will also be on the website whenever you go to buy your tickets. So do you want to go from top to the bottom? Bottom to the top, I stop. Bottom to the top, it is. The family section is going to be your most affordable option. Definitely. It's $75 a ticket, which comes out to be $15 a game. Right. $75 for the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Not just one game, which is what you would expect to pay for maybe like an NFL game or something. Yeah, probably not even that. Yeah. Like you might be able to get parking at an NFL game. <laughs> yeah, so that's an amazing deal. Mm-hmm. And this is the family section, so that it's, uh, it's a dry section. So you can take your kids and not have to worry about some belligerent dumbass fucking around over there. Why are you looking at me? I just call it like I see it. <laughs> so that section is going to be behind the end zone opposite of the hub the next option on the seating chart is the corners which you still have a great view of the field i mean you can see everything from any spot in the stadium so that's still a great seating option looks like it's 125 for a season ticket and the next one is where we're gonna be most games obviously michelle's gonna miss that one hey hey, can we just drop this stop (laughs) stop giving me shit about it but this is where the party is gonna be there's gonna be something unique every game We don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And you get five drink coupons, which is going to be one per game. So you get a free drink, if nothing else. And this is called The Hub, which you didn't say before. I thought I did. Nope. Okay, well, there it is. It's The Hub. The next option is the lower midfield. If you're looking on the seating chart, it's the section in red. It's a little bit closer to the field. And those are $2.50 for a season ticket. And the next one is going to be the sidelines. It's called the Priority Sideline. And they're the dark blue ones. So this one is going to be like up on the field. It's $500 a ticket, but you get $50 concessions credit. And you get, uh, this is where the fixed back seats are. So it's a little bit more comfortable than the rest of it. And this ticket comes with free parking. (laughs) That's a total benefit of that, is the free parking. For sure. And then in that, isn't that one of the, like the, the blue seats, the priority sideline, that has the green in it, right? The one we were talking about in the episode? Exactly. So in those priority sideline seats, there's one section called midfield. And this is the $35 tickets. It's $175 for the season, which comes out to be $35 a game. And you're sitting right there on the sidelines. It doesn't come with the benefit of the priority sideline, but you still get some of the best seats in the building. That's insane. I, yeah. th- I'm so excited that they did that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then after that, we have the, what is it called? The Express Loge. Is that how we said it? I think so. So it's a corner seat, but it's down close to the field. you got a great view. What other amenities does it come with? Ooh. So these are those corner seats that Jacob was talking about in the interview. It is a corner spot, but it's down close to the field. It's an excellent view. And these are all inclusive for six twenty five for the season ticket. Yeah. And this is where he was saying that they're going to have like scaffolding for all your where you can place your drinks and whatnot. Which is so cool because, yeah, because having to hold on to your crap is really inconvenient. So having a spot to put your style of your drink and be able to watch the game is just going to be really cool. Yep. And so the next ones are going to be the premium seatings up, up, up top, the stadium club, which is the fully climate controlled area. Yeah. Like we said before, this is so nice because when we went to go to the Liberty Bowl to pick out our seats, Jacob took us on a tour of the stadium and he took us into the club. And it was a cold and wet and like rainy day. And going into the club where it was nice and warm, fully climate controlled with these plush comfy seats. It was like heaven in a football stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's all inclusive as well. 
So you also get um, catering by a different restaurant every game. And free parking. Yeah. Free beverages. Yeah. Yeah. Totally nice. And it's general admission. So you, can, you you don't have an assigned seat. So you can wander around, sit in, you know, the high back one, sit at, you know, the, the high top tables, wherever you want to go and just kind of like mingle and enjoy yourself. So the last seating option is the most premium. It's the first class, which Jacob talked about in the interview. This is a section where you're actually sitting on the field. You're in a chair, sitting on the field, real close to the end zone, right where the action is going to be happening. Because again, we're going to go 10 and 0 this season. We're going to be just in the end zone all day. Yeah. And that one also is all inclusive food and beverage. So they're going to take care of you and parking is included as well. And again, just make sure we mention this, that chair that you sit on, you get to take home with you at the end of the season. Yep. You can like hang it up in your living room. Like this is the chair that my ass sat in, in the cold in February when the Alliance started its (laughs) first season. And I don't know if we mentioned it, but the Express Loge also comes with a commemorative seat that you get to take home with you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there you have it. All this information is going to be in the show notes. So go to memphisaaf.com slash 14 and you can see all of it there. And it will also be listed on the website whenever you go to buy your tickets. So all the information is there. Get your tickets. Join us in the hub and have a party. And I think that's all we got. Yeah, uh, like we said, we're going to be doing another meetup soon. So make sure you follow our social media for that as well. Definitely. And until next week. And I'm out. Boom!